The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of new media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. What is really on my heart today is the spirit of Christmas. What is the spirit of Christmas? There's something about Christmas that is so unique. I went to a Christmas party yesterday, and the people that had all gathered, there was such a a spirit. It's hope. The spirit of, of joy and of hope. And our Lord, when he in his gospel today, is really wanting us to preach, not frustration, that each one of us comes to the, to enter more deeply into the spirit of Christmas. There was a magnificent Christmas homily that I heard Archbishop Sheen once give. And he talked about God had a plan. And He was going to come to save the world. And he descended into our world. And he came to this tiny little nation, Israel. And he came to his people. He actually became a Jew. And he was born of a Jewess. And he wanted to save them. And he wanted to rescue them. And they thwarted his plan. They refused. The messenger that went before him was John. And today, we hear about that messenger that went before him. And they also thwarted him in his plan. And that's the very words that's in the gospel today. But like a new orchestration, the leader, the conductor, of this magnificent masterpiece. He was going to bring salvation into the world for these people who had been waiting for it. And I'm going to read from Isaiah for hundreds of years before, and it's going to happen. So full of hope is Isaiah 54, those 10 verses, nothing like them in the whole Old Testament. God is going to save his people. He's actually going to wed himself. He's going to become the spouse of Israel. Wow, what language. And they frustrated his plan. But when he came down to play this masterpiece, they killed the messenger, they beheaded him. And then we know the story that they killed him and hung him on a tree and crucified him. What does he do? He rose from the dead. He went back to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. And not only did he save that tiny little nation, but he saved the entire world. And so at Christmas, This Christmas, when we come, Jesus' plan is never thwarted. He is now not the king of Israel, but the king of the nations. 
king of the whole world. And this music, Alleluia, Alleluia, it's a joy and a whole new, a whole new masterpiece has been written. And this very Christmas, it's not being played again. It's being played for the very first time in the souls of the entire people for the entire world. Alleluia. Alleluia. He has come. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the messengers of John the Baptist had left, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine garments? Those who dress luxuriously and live sumptuously are found in royal palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom Scripture says, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John, yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people who listened, including the tax collectors who were baptized with the baptism of John, acknowledged the righteousness of God. But the Pharisees and scholars of the law who were not baptized by him rejected the plan of God for themselves. The Gospel of the Lord. You are the members of that kingdom. You are the ones in whom Jesus is in the world this Christmas. And you are the ones who are united with your God. Your God has come down from heaven, Jesus, and you have been united with him in holy baptism. And you have been wedded to God and united with him. Hundreds of years before Isaiah, in the 54th chapter of his prophecy, prophesied this. Listen to the magnificent. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Raise a glad cry, you barren who did not bear. Break forth in jubilant song, you who are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the space for your tent. Spread out your tent cloths unsparingly. Lengthen your ropes and make firm your stakes, for you shall spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your descendants shall dispossess the nations and shall people the desolate cities. Fear not, you shall not be put to shame. You need not blush, for you shall not be disgraced. The shame of your youth you shall forget, the reproach of your widowhood no longer remember. For he who has become your husband is your maker. His name is the Lord of hosts. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, called God of all the earth. 
The Lord calls you back like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, a wife married in youth and then cast off, says your God. For a brief moment, I abandoned you, but with great tenderness, I will take you back. In an outburst of wrath, for a moment, I hid my face from you, but with enduring love, I take pity on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is for me like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah should never again deluge the earth. So I have sworn not to be angry with you or to rebuke you. Though the mountains leave their place and the hills be shaken, my love shall never leave you, nor my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. The Word of the Lord. Isaiah is predicting this hundreds of years before Christmas is being predicted. This Christmas, now, you and God are one. Yes, like a forsaken wife, distressed in spirit, the Lord calls you back. What is the spirit of Christmas? You and I, beloved child, are one. I am one as much as I love my son. I love you. You and I are one. Does a man cast off the wife of his youth, says your God? Again, God's love is being poured out upon us. I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. I will never again abandon you. Each one of you, I have redeemed you. No plan of mine will ever be forsaken. My love for you will never leave you. And my covenant of peace with you will never be shaken, says the Lord who takes pity on you. And when the Holy Spirit came over you in me in baptism, we became one with God. The church of Jesus Christ is Christ in the world today. It is our creator becoming one with all mankind. Monsignor, yes. what would you have your retreatants in continuing in this journey in a, in a concrete way as they, they journal and reflect? Over and over again, as I looked into the faces of the people who came, longing and yearning, but so many of them, I felt, felt a lack of hope in what they were facing. And especially you who have great burdens to bear with a member of your family who is so lost. Jesus just said today, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Whatever you're going through in this journey in life, and you will go, and in this dark period of our lives in this world, 
I am in love with you, and I have never left you. You may run from me, but you cannot thwart my plan. My plan is your salvation. What is the level of your faith in Jesus Christ? That I would ask you. When you say you pray, what is the level of your asking God, Jesus, for that healing? Do you believe how often when he would be with someone and he would turn back to them and say, do you believe that I can do this? I would challenge you again to look deep into your heart. When you're asking God, if you have an illness, do you believe that what you're asking for, I can give you? I am right here in you. You don't have to go far. I am a mash unit right here in the midst of the battle. Come to me, all you who are labored and sick. I will bless you. Come to me with your faith. Whatever he's going to do, I have no idea. But you will be everyone. Every prayer will be answered. Finally, I think it's the trust that you have in the person. When I would look into the faces of the people who came with their needs, with their cares, with their burdens, do you really trust God? You see, hope and the spirit of Christmas is that virtue. It's really trusting and it's not faith. You can say the creed. Yes, Jesus, you can heal. You can do this. You can. You made heaven and earth. But trust is really letting go. So many of us are at this particular season tied up in knots because of our stress. Just to let go of that burden, of the kind of dangers or difficulties you're facing with the job, with your health, with your family, to trust that what you are asking for, he will give you. Do you trust me? Christmas is a great and wonderful time for hope. I believe, Lord, I trust and I love you. Monsignor? Yes? If that retreat and we're sitting in front of you, where you're at right now, and their answer is, but it's so hard, or I've tried, what would you say to them to help them to break through or to make that movement beyond the fear? Don't do anything. Be still. So often we are like little children, screaming and calling, and we've become so used to our own voices. And uh, I, I really believe that there are two things that you can do with your parent, because God is your father. 
and I have come down. He is the initiator of Christmas. Christmas is something God did, not you. I have approached you. I have loved you and united myself with you. You are my son. You are my daughter because I approached you first. I love you more than you love me. Your faith in me is built on what I'm doing with you. And so can you believe that even though you may even give up calling and trying, I never stop pursuing you. And some people, I think, have to hear, you can just tell God, go fetch, get out of here. He doesn't. He's like a hound dog. He pursues you. See that even many times in your history, you have turned your back on him. Conversion means just turning around. He never left. God is in love with you. You think he's a little tinsel God who goes away just because you're throwing a hissy fit? I think some should get angry with him. Did Jesus? Yes. When? On the cross. And when I look at some people who are making this retreat and would come to me with deep, deep needs, and they have been there for a long time, when you've been hurting for years and years and years, such as some parents tell me about their children, He's been just bearing a cross ever since he's a child. Yes. Yes. Cry out. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That's what Jesus said to his father. Psalm 22. I would give you that to pray. I would also give you Psalm 139. You see, what God is doing and how he's doing it is so mysterious. It's so far beyond. And do you think God is only interested in you now when you're 57 or 34 or whatever age you may be or time that you're in? I knit you in your mother's womb. God knows you and knows how much you can take and knows everything he put into you. God has loved you from the moment he made you and sustained you and called you to be his child. God bless. You've been listening to Building the Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this program or to browse hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. 
And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com.